we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what? You bugging ass Jeff, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheesemakers? The saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. So Sal, this yeah. week I found a cheese that I'd never heard of before. Yeah, what is that? I have no idea. So what's it called? What did we say? I think we threw the packet away, didn't we? Mellow Blue Mellow or Mellow Blue or... Did you not ask them? No, I just walked in and <laughs> saw that and went, oh, I've never seen that one before. <laughs> I wanted to buy, they had some um, uh, goat's um, pecorino there, oh, which I thought you would have liked. Mm. It was like $13 for a wedge. Oh. So, oh, that's good. Strong. Oh, that's really strong. Mm. And creamy too. Yeah. You'd, like, you'd have to like blue cheese too. Mm. Good grab. But the dip that I made was um, hey, hey. um the dip I made because yeah. we had some uh, butterfly lamb shoulder yeah butterfly, no butterfly lamb leg and I just like really quickly blasted in the oven and then it was a little bit raw in the middle mm. and the mint and the grey bed is just going nuts oh, I've got kilos and kilos and kilos of mint yeah so I'd I wanted, because normally I just chop the mint through the yogurt. Yeah. But I wanted a sort of stronger mm. minty flavour. Mm. So I thought I'll make a mint pesto y sort of stuff. Yeah. And That's then mix good. that through the yogurt. And then I just sort of smeared it on thickly on the slices of lamb. Yeah. Hmm. You, you could smear that on lamb too. Mm. Well, now that we've just mixed that, well, it was kind of like pesto, wasn't it? So we mixed it with some sour, sour cream. Sour cream, yeah. Yeah, imagine. Mm. Like big lamb suitors kind of. Mm. Greek style. They so, Greek style. <laughs> <laughs> style. I do like, I really like mint. I love pesto. Mm. And as we've discussed before, I'm not a traditionalist with pesto. Mm. I just made some salsa verde today actually with mint. Mint mm. and parsley. Good? Yeah, it was good. Because I always like to put mint in my gremolata. Do you mm. make gremolata? Mm. Gremolata is when you grab some parsley and you chop it up with some lemon zest and garlic and you sprinkle it on your steak or... Oh, right. It's no. really good on pasta and, I mean, I love it on lots of different things, but... So just par parsley, lemon zest and... Garlic. Garlic. It's almost like a sprinkle. Yeah, okay. No. That'd yeah. be really nice on lamb cutlets too. Yeah, really good on lamb cutlets. Pork, beautiful pork chops. Yeah. Because it's the garlic and the lemon is just really fresh. Yeah. Makes it pop. Mmm. It's just really good. Yep, so I like, I made, I don't know, a big bowl of that, massive yeah. big bowl of it. And yeah. I went out there this morning and it doesn't even look like I've used any of the mint <laughs> at all. I was like, oh, okay. But I thought, should I bring it and let Sal taste it, mm. being the dip master? The dip master. Oh, God. Oh, I'm loving that cheese. Mm. Whatever it is. It's very creamy for a um, blue. The blue's a bit up. more crumbly. Mm. You know people make names up for shit? Mm. I reckon they've just invented that. Mm. Don't you reckon? The Ameri Americans are really good at that. Mm. that their cheese is... Um, well, there's not even cheese. That's actually plastic that they've put in a container no, of no. old cheese. They're good cheese makers. Like, the cheese slices that... Will Studd did in America were probably the most interesting ones. Yeah. Because in France and England, they're sort of bound by tradition. Yeah, right. You know, so you do it mm. this way. This mm. is the way you do it. And there was this mob up in Wisconsin, I think. 
and he was sick one day or he had a hangover or something and he was making this type of cheese and you're supposed to bring the temperature up and hold it there for X amount of time and then, and then bring it back down. Mm. And he either didn't bring the temperature up high enough or he made it too high or he held it too long. He did something completely wrong. But it was like, I don't know, a thousand litres of milk. Mm. And he's like, ah, oh, well, we'll just keep going. How'd you do when you got to hang out? Just, just... Fuck it, I'm not starting again. Yeah, well, you can't just throw a thousand litres of milk out on the ground. Mm. Um, you know, we'll see what, what it makes and, you know, if worst comes to worst, we'll sell it to a restaurant as a grating cheese or whatever. Mm. And so they basically invented... It came out completely different to the cheese that they were supposed to make mm. and it's now their most popular cheese. Of course it is. And, you know, of course, it kind of doesn't hurt it? that you... Oh, I can't... They've got, they've got all... And this is the thing, they've all got really, really weird names for their cheese over there. Yeah, right. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if they're making a brie, they won't call it a brie. They'll mm. call it something wild and wacky. Yeah, right. It's a real sort of subculture cheese making in the States. Yeah. Not like that small cheese making, not the big one. It's a, they're, they're pretty passionate about it. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can bring you those as well. The, the okay. American cheese slices are really interesting. I real... love that cheese slices series. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, nice job. Great job, but he's just so knowledgeable. Mm. Stuff. You know. Well, it's interesting that knowledge versus passion versus presentation. Because Matthew Evans, who I think is the most boring guy ever on TV, mm. and he's always come across to me as a little bit contrived mm. on TV. Mm. Had a conversation now with Richard Feidler this week. And on radio, he was fantastic. Yeah, Now, right. whether it's something about how he presents on TV or whether because he's doing, you know, multiple takes or something. I think his mouth's too tight. He talks, you know, like a bit of like a cat's ass. Yeah, but it's on, on the radio, you could really hear the passion through his voice and, yeah, and the right. reasoning behind why he moved to Tassie. And it just came off a little bit more sincere. Oh, no, I'm thinking about the other. Pete Evans. <laughs> no, no, the food, the guy yeah, that was yeah, a food yeah, critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I keep mm. on getting him mixed up. Yeah, Matthew Evans. Oh, right. So that was a, a very interesting conversation. Yeah, he is interesting. But yeah, he's a bit boring on TV. Oh. I, 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 like, that's my area, you know, that I'm, mm. I'm not interested in anything else more than that, and mm. I couldn't watch much more than the first series. Mm. It just felt like uh, an airline advertisement to me. Do you think it's his voice? He's got a little bit of a boring voice. There's not much. Well, that was why I was surprised. Because, like, I, I saw it in my podcast feed. Mm. And I went, ah, man, is he going to sound... Because, yeah, I think it is too. He's, he's just... Doesn't, yeah, it just doing, doesn't he's doesn't fascinating. He does the most interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, but he but... just doesn't sound that... It's like, oh, I'm sort of doing this, you know. Mm. Doesn't sound that interested in it. Mm. But on the radio, he came across, you know, really into stuff, and and he obviously believes quite a bit on the same sort of stuff that we do. That mm. we're eating a lot of food that has the commercial application of the food it has overtaken the taste. Yeah, you know, the taste is the last thing that's considered. Mm. So, well, that's because having produced food before, the people that you're selling to, they want fresh food, but they want it to last for six months. Mm. It's got to be on a boat. They want it to last for a year. Mm. And Woolies want to be able to transport it. But I didn't realise this. New South Wales, I don't know whether they still do, but had a law that said all fish must be sold through a fish market. Yeah. So the fish that comes in off the boats at places like Aluka and stuff like mm. that, you can't buy off the boats no. by law. has yeah. to go to Sydney. Yeah. So a fish shop in Aluka has to buy fish from Sydney. Yeah, isn't that fucking nuts? And he was telling this story about he was in Italy and he's walking along the docks and the prawn trawlers are coming in or the scallop trawlers or whatever, yeah. you know. <coughs> and every man and his dog is riding down this hill mm. to the docks and he said by the time he ran the 500 metres to when the boat docked, it was all gone. Everyone had bought everything off the boat. Isn't that fantastic? So the guy had gone out, 10 minutes, he sold his catch, he goes home. Yeah, awesome. That's, and everyone gets fresh food. Like, 
That's a yeah. win-win, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and it's not some big conglomerate. It would have been a little bloke doing yeah. his fishing. You know, he's not pack He's not freezing it, mm. packing it. By the time he's come back into shore, he's sold it to Japan, China. Mm. You know, that's how they do it. Oh. But it's a little bit like, you know, I mean, look, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword though, too, because. Yeah, because every, every Australians don't want to pay enough for the food, yeah. so they can sell it and make mm. double overseas. So yeah, they are out in their boats. Did, you know did I, I tell you the story when, when we were, I went around Australia in between primary school and high school? Yeah. And we went to Bury in Victoria, is it? On the Victoria New South Wales border? In terms of New South Wales, I think. Yeah. Bury. Bury. And um, we went to the Bury factory and you know saw all the canning and stuff like that. And then mm. out the front in the foyer they had all these dinted tins you could buy, yeah. you know, for cheap, you know, factory seconds, I think they're called. Yeah. And they That's had see, export yeah. peaches, right? Mm. 800 gram tin of peaches, three peach halves. We didn't open them until we were up in Darwin or something like, mum just bought them and chucked them in the cupboard and forgot about them. Yeah. They are the most amazing peaches, tin peaches I've ever had in my life. And mum was talking to someone that comes from down that area and she goes, oh yeah, you know, all the tinned, amazing tinned fruit and fresh fruit goes yeah. to Asia. None of it goes to the Australian market. We get basically the seconds. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible, but that, because they get paid more money. Mm. I mean, just, oops, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to dock your wages, so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, that's right. On the Murray, <coughs> I know it's on the Murray River yeah. or near the Murray River. Um, I think they bury the town. Yeah, is it a town called Bury as well? I yeah, I think that's where it is. Is it in Bury the town? Yeah. Wow. It's all just bury, bury all the way down. <laughs> very, very interesting. <laughs> oh dear, that's that's worse than my coon cheese joke last week. So I expect emails to flow in tomorrow. On, Rue, you can just call. <laughs> send, send me a tweet. Um, yeah, I know. So it's sad. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, mm. you know. Like, yeah, it's a, it's this romantic vision that you want people to, you know. I think it'd be good if we all grew our own stuff and you just sold your excess. But no one even grows neighbors and backyard stuff. Like they're starting to, though. I mean, it's changing slowly. Slowly, but in my street. I don't know. What, the real farmer, the pretend farmer? Well, even the real farmer the doesn't banger. have, um, you know, fruit trees at his place, which I find remarkable. Mm. The person I bought my Dexter off when I had that Dexter for a little bit, she did. She had two lemon trees, an orange tree, a grapefruit, and it was just covered. Mm. I went there when I picked up the cow one day and the, the um, Vanessa was sick when we were having Curtis. Mm. And she said, I said, oh, you know, she can't take anything because she's pregnant. And they went, oh, you know, here, take 20 kilos of citrus home with you and, and, and make her drink some vitamin C. Ah. But, um, yeah, I, I think one person in our street's got a kumquat tree. But... I mean, you can't eat that for dinner. No. But lemons, I would have thought every sort of acreage everywhere would have a lemon tree. So they're, like they're the expensive. most freaking useful thing you can have. Mm. But no. I loved it when I, I don't have any at the moment, but I love just growing rocket. Because, you know, it grows like in a day, it shoots up and you yeah. only need six or seven leaves, leaves for a for salad. A salad. And yeah, I'm a little bit the same with nasturtium leaves. Mm. I love nasturtium leaves. So on a sandwich. Really nice on a sandwich, you just get that bit of pepperiness. Mm. So. You can make those beetle leaves with those nasturtiums. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got to try that. Beef lot. What did I try this week? I did make something new this week. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I made these corned beef fritters, right? Did you make your recipe? No. No, because I haven't made my feta cheese yet. Oh, God. Um, God. I made these corned beef fritters. Now, I make corned beef fritters all the time. I yeah. love them because they're really good for mm. Curtis. I love 
core meet in any way. It's a really good sort of weekend thing to throw together on a Saturday or Sunday lunch. So I made them. I have no idea what I did differently. They were far superior to every core fritter oh. I've ever made. They were light and fluffy, really crispy on the edges. I don't know what I did. Did you use... I don't measure anything anyway, so it wouldn't oh. make any difference. Oh, I hate that. The same milk, self-raising flour, potato, like the boiled potatoes, corned beef, some herbs. They just, they were just better. An egg. I can't work it out. I bet you next time they go back to not being like that. It'd be very disappointing. It's a bit like pizza. I do that with pizza all the time. Mm. You make sort of... They're always nice, but every now and again, the base will just be but just like awesome. I was saying to you before, you know, you can be in the groove where everything you make is just bloody fantastic. Mm. It can be like, what's happened to me this week? Where frittata has come and just beaten me up. You know, like, fucking who knew? I mean, how many frittatas have I made in my life? So what happened? They just come out soft. Oh, no, it was a bit different because I was in this bloody commercial kitchen operation. It's not just spanking stuff in. I'm not making a big slab of frittata. I'm making these tiny, minute little uh, things. Like, so mini, gotta... like mini ones, like separate individual ones. Yeah, so I, you know, I had to drain the eggs to get all the air bubbles out. You know, I wasn't doing that the first time and I didn't what, really measure sorry? anything. What, what do you, how do you drain an egg? Strain the eggs. Oh, strain them. Strain the eggs, just sieve. And then, you know, you only cook potatoes in a really low oven with the vents bloody open or closed or something. I don't know. <laughs> so you cook them at like 120 so they don't puff up and oh, shit. You know, and I was just doing what I did at home. I was just chucking it in, whacking it in a hot oven. Boom, that'll be ready in a few minutes. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. And they looked bloody great, but they weren't all perfect and uniform. Yeah, right. So, so is that... <coughs> pardon me. Is every catering mob like that? Like, is that a hallmark of catering? Well, they want everything to be uniform. Because you have to remember, you know, you've ordered catering and you've got 60 frittatas and they all look different. Yeah. You know, I would love that. Yeah, because... Because that, that... I would think, oh, look, they're handmade. I don't like things to look no. shop-bought. But generally... People do. If they've paid someone good money to get a caterer, yep. they don't want it to look like they've made it themselves. Yeah, okay. They want people to know that they've paid for a caterer mm. and they've paid good money. See, I would be yeah. more impressed by the taste than I would never look at the mm. at the actual way it looked. And that was a, a very interesting point that um, this this bloke uh, Evans made on on milk, and he's like, people wanted well. The companies decided that the consumer wanted consistent milk. So, you know, it's all processed within an inch of its life, which is yeah. why you're in the herd chair. Yeah. You know, because you want milk yeah. that tastes like milk. Yeah. And because you're getting it all the time, you won't notice variations in the season because it doesn't just change from... But you enjoy the changes in the season. Yeah, but you probably but wouldn't even... Like, you wouldn't notice... Some weeks too. it's creamier than others yeah. and... But that's probably even more the process of me milking out. Yeah, right. If I milk out more, like if yeah. I milk her right out, then I'll get a high cream content. If I'm feeling lazy and I've already got four litres, I go, I'll leave the rest for the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a process. But he, he made a really good point, and I've never heard this, heard this before, but it is true. If you want consistency across the year, mm. the only way you can get consistency across the year is bring everything down to the worst level. Mm. Because you can't make yeah. crap milk to be at that top level yeah, the whole yeah, year. Yeah. So you might have really, really nice, creamy, beautiful milk at one time a year. Mm. And you've got to take out all that stuff that makes it taste better and bring it down to the crappy milk at the bad time yeah, of the year yeah. because people want it to taste the same all the time. Good point, Evo. Good I'll just point. Wait. Wow, that's yeah. really, really true. That is true. Shit. It's like with everything. Yeah, no, because that's what people want. I mean, we don't, like, you know, food people that love food and appreciate seasons and the, you know, stuff that tastes different and, oh, this rocket's peppery and this one isn't very, you know, mm. it's all about, you know, even onions that make you cry and onions that don't, don't. make you cry. Or my it's chili bush. The seasons. But people, general people, the other 90%, <laughs> 
that aren't us or other ninety five percent probably. Do you, they do, want things to be the same. Do you, do you reckon they really do though, or do you reckon? I they reckon do? they do because they have you ever you have you've worked in a bar. Yeah. You know what the general public are like. Oh yeah. They whinge about fucking anything. Yeah. So imagine if you're running a massive supermarket. I know it's sad, but I'm just saying what happens. Yeah. We're our own worst enemy, really, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, you just end up with these whinges. People go, oh, no, I don't. I don't. I love real food. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. real food. I want real food. Oh, fuck. Look at this milk. It's oh, got cream on it. Ooh, it's like butter. Ooh, it smells like cow. Ooh, gross. You know, that is what happens. Well, the other thing that he said was, you know, you get the, the cream on top of the milk, mm. and if it goes quite salt, like if you leave it in the fridge for a day and it goes quite solid and you don't shake it up enough, and you pour it out and you get a little bit of that clotted cream on yeah, top on yeah. your cereal. Yeah. yeah, but if you don't know that that's clotted cream, you're thinking it's off. off and you throw the whole lot away and it's sort of like, you know, it's a lack of knowledge as well. It is a lack of knowledge, but it's a bit like, well, you know, how do you get around, how do you get around that? I mean, you can right. educate people, but you can't do it quickly. Well, when I have my famous restaurant slash cafe where you just rock yeah. up, <laughs> And I go, you can have... There's six people sitting at your kitchen bench. Eggs on toast, because uh-huh. that's what I've got. Yeah. And I cook them an amazing dish yeah. of eggs on toast. Yeah. And there's no, you know, no menu. Mm. And I'll come for Maybe more people will want to eat that way. Yeah, maybe they will. I think they will. Don't get me wrong. I think eating will change. But I don't think it's going to be anything quickly. Mm. No. And it'll come from parents... You know, have to educate their kids, and the kids have to be educated at school, and you know, it's a big long process about teaching people about real food. My boss was up in Kansas this week, and he was saying up there the average family eats takeaway four nights a week. Oh, how do they afford it? I don't know. It's so freaking expensive. Yeah. And I get so disappointed. Yeah. Hey, we don't have any decent takeaway around us. Well, if you don't, imagine what it's like in Bean Lee. Yeah. Like the Chinese place is okay. Mm. It's yeah. pretty, you know, westernised Chinese, yeah. but... Mm. They we had some nice duck there last time. So... Can you just stop it? Yeah. So do you have to bring all your own gear to this catering job? You've got to take your knives and yeah. stuff. But the funny thing is, right, I don't really... Um, do you get judged on which knives you have in a kitchen? Like, would if you uh, took that cheap plastic handled knife, would oh, you get judged on that? Uh, what cheap? The one you gave me. Yeah, the one with the holes in it. No, 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 I'll take that. Yeah. Be right. Well, I just take my globals because I love them, and yeah. I take that big green handled one that you gave me oh, too yeah, for chopping big stuff. Yeah, because I love that too. Yeah, it's got a bit of heft to it, that one. Yeah, but um, I, I haven't even looked at anyone's knives. I don't know. I wouldn't take like one of those Japanese ones in because I'd feel a bit of a wanker. Really? Yeah. Not many people have the Asian style ones. Still all, you know, I'd big wait, heavy German ones. I would wait until I got to know the kitchen first before I... Because, you know, it's like a schoolyard. Mm. You're all jostling for, you know, position. <laughs> so I'd probably wait a minute. You know, globals, they're just kind of generic. Mm. Sort of uh, standard. Yeah. White bread knife. Yeah. I felt pretty good though with my big hand, my big thumper of green hand knife today. <laughs> Start waving that around <laughs> if anyone gives you any shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have um, any, I don't wear chef's gear, right? Yeah. I just don't wear it. I mean, I never have, like I never have. I used to wear a chef's skirt and Doc Martens and stuff when I was younger and I've never worn chef's gear. So all of a sudden they're going, you need a chef's jacket or you can buy one of our polo shirts i mean i don't do polo shirts (laughs) not for anyone and i thought oh you know i suppose i could go and get a chef's jacket because i lost all my chef stuff in the floods i never bothered replacing stuff you know you always had that stuff when you had to wear it i've got one that i I do um demos in at some Mm. butchers because they just look they look quite good for that sort of stuff I like find them. Re- like you know what you're doing. doing. <laughs> That's right. It's amazing what a little bit of dressing up will do. But I just find them really comfortable. Oh, see, I don't. I'd much rather work out a t-shirt. Maybe I've um, maybe I've just got a good one. I mean, they're comfy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, it's fine. 
t shirt. Yeah, that's right. That's the one thing I really miss working the pubs. As you know, my standard dress was a band t shirt and a pair of shorts. Perfect. Thongs for daytime. The butchers would love that. Should wear a cow. Uh, you'd be surprised. No, they don't. No, no. It's uh, like milk. I got. When I first started, we didn't have a uniform. You know, you just sort of wore. And so, like, I wore collared shirts and stuff, but I had a couple of collared shirts that weren't tucked in collared shirts. Yeah. And, um, and one of the old butchers rang my boss and said, he'll want to learn to tuck his shirt in before I take him seriously. All right, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't long after that we got work shirts anyway, which I find. I love work shirts because you're just like... Oh, then you don't have to think. Yeah, you just rock up. Oh. So what do you cook this week, Sal? Anything interesting? I haven't seen anything on Facebook this week. Well, I haven't been cooking anything at home. I mean, because I knew I was pretty full on this week, I made a big pot of chicken soup. Oh, yeah. Which is what I always do when I'm busy. Yeah. Just chuck the chicken in. And then I just do. dip out of that all week. It's got cabbage in it. It's got that beautiful black rice and couscous and oh, some pumpkin. I've never cooked with black rice. Is it hard to use? Oh, my God. It's so delicious. No. You just cook now. This isn't the black Asian black rice. This okay. Is like, it's, it's Italian black rice, so it's oh, like like a risotto rice. Yeah. I don't it's think I've ever seen it's it. It's really nutty and oh, it's gorgeous. Okay. What about wild rice? Have you used much wild rice? Is it all right? Yeah, it's a bit. Well, once again, I kind of like the stuff that you chew. Yeah, so it's chewy. Is chewy. Okay. But it's so expensive, and so is this black rice. Actually, I bought a little five hundred gram pack, and it would have cost me ten bucks. Yeah, that's not cheap for a half kilo of rice. No, but shit, it's good. And I just, because actually, I'd made it into a salad. I had a salad with it on a weekend, and I made uh, quinoa, black rice, and then I chopped up um, beautiful tomatoes and basil. And, you know, drenched it with olive oil. It really good for me. It was just fantastic. Some artichokes. Anyway, and then what I didn't eat over the weekend, I threw into my soup. Yep. See, so this soup's got all this yummy stuff in it. Mm. I might you just chuck it in the fridge and then bring it out every day. Mm. So I haven't really cooked. Like, I mean, I've been cooking shitloads, but not domestically. Not domestic stuff. Is it a different mindset? Totally different. Yeah, I felt like I felt like I was a bit of a nana, and it's good. I, I, mean, I enjoy it. I don't think I'd like to do it full on, but um, you know, you get to work with all different types of people, and does it? Um, it's good for your skills. Cause yeah, you I was going to say. Just about stuff. to say, does it bring your skill level back up just because you're yeah, doing lots does. of things repetitively? Yeah, and everyone's watching you. <laughs> so, hey, it's. Fucking nerve-wracking because everyone's watching you do Chop, everything. Chopping your onions and then bringing the ruler over and measuring your yeah. cubes. So, you know, when they go finely chopped onions, normally I just go, oh, yeah. But I'm thinking, oh, my God. Just going to have to. So it's been quite fun in the fact that, yeah, upskilling. Mm. Polishing them up a bit. It's my nice. Oh, all sorts of stuff. Even even using big machinery, you know, because they, they're working brat pans and. Yeah. Big combi ovens and Oh, I love those big combi big, ovens. You know, well, the, that's what dicked me over with the frittatas because it's all about the vents and the bloody steam, yeah, and, steam. The and all that kind of stuff. And so you're trying to, you know, it's like full-on computer program. Not that stuff. The that little restaurant I worked at for a couple of weekends in a row. One of their things was like they'd um, you know, cube up potatoes. Yeah. I don't know, quite small, huge, big steel dishes of potatoes and then season them quite heavily chuck them in the um chuck them in the combi oven mm. and they'd be i don't know 15 centimeters deep yeah and then blast them really really hot but with um but with the steam yeah. quite a bit of steam and so they crisp up on the top and go soft underneath yeah and then um they'd sort of turn them over yeah and then do it again, so you get these crisp, soft, really heavy, and so 
I used to go in and they'd say, you know, grab some breakfast before he starts. I just load my plate up spuds. with um, a couple of bits of Turkish bread and these and these seasoned spuds and a couple of eggs. That's fantastic. And I'm like, I've tried replicating it in a normal oven, yeah, but I think you need that you need that real heavy mm. steam environment to, it's totally to make it work. It's a different cooking process. I mean, the amount of moisture in there. I do that though, even with these ovens, right? Because I demo these ovens, and I have a big cavity right mm. in my oven and if i go out and i have to demo an oven with a little cavity yeah it's totally different cooking cooking yeah so i can do a pork belly in my oven and it's crunchy and crisp and amazing and beautiful and i know what time it is and, yep but then if i go in the ovens half the size yep totally different well i actually like and i broke my well oh. i broke the bowl in it but those little glass portable ovens you know ones that, that have got the lid on it and the ovens in the lid yeah, have you seen them yeah. they make the best pork belly yeah, right. because the heat from the top yeah and it's and it gets hot so quickly mm. like you turn them up and just blast it and it just crackles and i saw um what's the master chef guy that's just got a series on sbs at the moment oh, adam adam leor yeah i can't say Lior. is it like Lior? He was saying that that's a little secret of um, Asian kitchens is those little ovens and they blast the pork belly in it and that's how you get that real crispy skin in it. Mm. So, Yeah, it's interesting. I got one of the ladies at work to try a twice-cooked pork belly recipe um, the other day. Which she said came out pretty good. So I was pretty happy with that. What's your favourite? If you have, like, your favourite meal, someone said to you, Bisa, I'm going to cook you your favourite oh. meal. What would it be? I think it'd have to be crumb, crumb lamb cutlets and mashed potato. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I put a bit of thought into it. Oh, so you've thought about that before? Oh, yeah. Just no, no salad, just mash and crumbling cutlets. And um, minted yogurt, mint and lime juice, and lots of mint, lime juice, and lots of yogurt, yeah. Wow, no greens, no rice. Yeah, no, I'd have some greens. So just, no, no, you don't have to. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be if, someone, <laughs> if someone said, hey, there's some nice, but see, I like, with veggies like that, I like, um, like if I could have anything, I'd have fresh um, snow peas straight off the vine. Yeah. You know when they're really fresh and crispy, yeah. and then you get that nice that that goes really well with minted yogurt and lamb. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think I'd be flat out beating that meal. So I I really like pork belly, and you know mm. nice steaks, nice. And I'm always on my quest to find the best chips, but you know mm. if you put that in front of me, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. How about you, Sal? So? Well, I don't know. I think it's roast chicken, really. Love it. That would come a close second, mm. especially you know you get it just right with your magic gravy. Magic. <laughs> it is. It's magic. Ah, uh, uh, magic gravy. I've shown and... like four people that, and they've just gone. That's unbelievable. <laughs> How does that work? Because like you know you've got this liquid. It still looks fairly liquidy, and it's you're not adding something like. Everyone understands that something with flour in it thickens. So, you know, you use grey box or cornflakes. Everyone understands it. But you're putting something that's liquid into a liquid and it thickens. And they're just like, are you, are you a magician? How does that work? <laughs> oh, God. It's funny, isn't it? I can remember explaining, like, you know, so it's sort of, you know, the relationship that you and I have where you're up here and I'm down here. I've got friends that are, are the same, you know, like they don't understand. There's certain basics they don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can remember when we went to the island one time explaining, you know, what I sort of see as the two basic sources, which is you either add a thickening agent or you're, or you're a juice. And, you know, trying to explain to them sources that way. I can't remember what I was doing around. I think I was doing steak and red wine, red wine and mustard sauce and reducing the stock and the red wine down. Adding a bit of butter, yeah, which is very nice. Yeah, I went well, through. I have just made salsa verde. That's a different sauce. 
So what would you put that on? Salmon, lamb. Yeah, okay. Beef, I put anything really. I put hollandaise on salmon. I'd like both. Because it's it's, it's so capers and it's parsley and, and parsley and anchovies and so it's thick, it's like a pesto. Yeah. But it's all chop you chop it down. Or do you do it in a food processor? I just do it in a thermix. In a thermix, yeah. And so you have garlic and lemon and all that kind of stuff. So you get that nice punch which cut through the creaminess of the eggs a bit. Or even just tossed over some beans with your salmon or yeah, something yeah. would be nice. Yep. So you get that. What did I have? What did we have the other day? Had something and I just made I had some lettuce leaves in the grow bed and and some tomatoes and um my mother-in-law had left some fresh green beans out of her garden yeah. and I just chopped them up and just did like a lemon juice and olive oil dressing because I think I already had no it was with that that butterfly lamb leg oh. so I just had salad with that mm. and it just you know it was nice and acidic and the crunch of the green beans mm. that was it worked really well but yeah good roast chalk is, oh, is, is hard to beat and crunchy potatoes like I would have mm. roast potatoes, but they've got to be really soft and buttery. And yes, um, I was just listening back to last week's podcast today, and I'm looking forward to Christmas dinner. I'm going to try your onion roast potatoes. Oh, those spuds. It's not that far away, so. How was your birthday? Did you get to go out and eat somewhere nice and have cocktails? Oh, yes. Well, I went to a friend's house. My friend went and got some fresh bugs his neighbour had just caught. Mm. So they hadn't even been frozen. I'm glad I, I didn't ask the question then because I thought you said fresh buds. I was like, okay. So it was really, <laughs> was later. No. It was a really enjoyable birthday then. <laughs> so I had a lunch on. I went out to lunch with some friends. That was really nice whole bunch of girls and then so then at night this mate of mine he lives in the funniest house so over in Belinda there where there's all those McMansions everyone lives in a big fucking McMansion and then there's this little <laughs> tiny old fisherman's cottage down the hill he lives, no it's just in the middle because he hasn't developed and he doesn't want to <laughs> so there's McMansion 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 mansion everywhere and then he says, every day his neighbours drive past and give him dirty looks <laughs> no you sit out the deck and you're looking into everyone's backyards and I'm like do you not want to put up some privacy something like they all just look at each other and we're sitting there chatting away in the middle of having our beautiful bugs and prawns and stuff and just behind us in the dark we hear that looks good <laughs> it was one of the neighbours like, hello <laughs> oh dear like seriously, he's a foot away and he was talking about, so John's got um, a young son and he's about 17, 18 and he started having parties when Jock goes away and he reach, he can reach over from his fence and turn the power off in their power box. <laughs> so, when it gets too loud. sitting there partying on one night and he just reaches across the fence so the power box and just turns it off. That's way too close. No, that's too close. That's what we were like in Red Hill. It is Thanks. Too so. bloody close. So yeah, there we are, just chatting away. Man. That looks good. Oh, oh fuck! How long are you gonna stand there and chat to us for? Well, it turned out it was gonna be about forty minutes. <laughs> so you, you eat? Um, like I'm not a massive uh, seafood person, especially not crustaceans. Have you eaten? What's the the classic lobster dish? Thermidor. Thermidor. Have you ever done that? Is that any good? Well, at Rue's 21st birthday that she had recently on a boat. Her 21st? Yes. Right. It wasn't her 21st, but close to it. It might have mm. been her 30th. Um, she wanted lobster Thermidor, and so Jerome did... Well, it was really big lobster, and did Thermidor to it. I got this tiny... Tiny little portion <laughs> that I had to get when someone was flinging it over their shoulder. So everyone went for it. Yeah, right. I don't even know if Rue got any. Anyway, 
But it was bloody delicious. It was good? Yeah. Okay. Lots of them, it was hilarious. Just that old-fashioned Yeah. My dad would go off his tits because he just thinks seafood, good seafood, is yeah. so good. All you need is lemon and salt and pepper. Yep. And that's... If you go putting some creamy fucking sauce on it, you're just ruining it. What's well, the point? That or it's not very good seafood. No. So... Because that's the way I grew up. Like, we... It was either... Like, white, we ate lots of whiting and reef mm. fish growing up mm. and squid. Um, but, like, whiting was either just in a little bit of flour mm. and fried or or batter for breakfast, battered whiting for breakfast. Oh, we had whiting for breakfast all the time when I was a kid. Well, so like spoiled. She had coral, she used to have coral trout. Yeah, breakfast. we used to have... No, and, and, and reef fish was more a, an evening fish, oh, like, you know, for dinner, an evening fish. It's a coral trout. But I can remember when uh, the first time I went to the island, because we've got this little beach, fibro beach shack at Curse Island. And the first time. Is that why Curtis is called Curtis? Yes. Oh, there you go. Because we go there sort of every, roughly every year. It's just a a nice little place. Um, But the first time I went with a mate, sort of just by ourselves, like when my parents went there. Yeah. And we caught these parrot, which is sort of the bottom end of the reef fish scale. I saw parrot fish when I was snorkeling down there in Island. Fresh. They're a nice fish. Mm. They're really nice. And we just took it back, filleted it, put it in the pan, and then when we turned it, we just squeezed some lemon juice over it. Mm. I think we set the pan on fire. <laughs> Not intentionally. But, yeah, and it was just brilliant. No, because it was so fresh. Mm. Um, but the best fish I've ever had is when we were in the Northern Territory, we went out in this little tiny dinghy out into the ocean, mm. fishing, fishing, and we caught these two sort of just over legal rock cod. Mm. And it was just about lunchtime. Now I was going, oh, well, let's, let's go. We'll, we'll have these for lunch. So we went in, lit a fire on the beach, gutted them, wrapped them up in newspaper, mm. and then went and just held them under the water under the salt water until the mm. newspaper wet all the way through. By that stage, the fire had burnt down into yeah. coals, and then you just put them on the you put them on the coals, and you basically cook them until the newspaper is almost all eaten through. Yeah. And then you sort of the newspaper sticks to the skin, so you don't even have to scale them, and you just peel the skin back. We didn't even have a fork. Just oh it, my god! Eating this because it steams it as well, like the seawater in the. Oh, it's just mad. Like, that wouldn't have even been an hour out of the water. Just magic. Oh, that sounds like heaven. Well, you want to hear about a roast chook recipe we did for scouts? Yeah. We went to this big, I don't know, big scout camp. I can't remember what it was. When we were young, and, and you, you got all these challenges to do. So you got a badge? Was it like brownies? Um, I don't know whether this was a badge. Maybe it was a cooking badge. But anyway, it was there was a like there was a challenge aspect to doing dinner this day, and so we got this um, big chicken, wrapped it in surg- the surgical bandages that don't stick to your skin, and then the same sort of theory. So we wrapped it in chucks and then wet the chucks and then in newspaper and wet the newspaper, and then I think another roll uh, chucks and it ended up like like Half bigger a than a like yeah bigger than a <laughs> basketball, and while Half of us were doing that, and I think we stuffed it as well. We had like a seasoned stuffing. The rest of us had been building up a fire and getting a whole bunch of coals. We dug a four foot deep hole, put a foot and a half of coals, then the chicken, and then another foot and a half of coals, and then went away and left it for six hours. Wow, yeah. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. A lot of effort for a bit of chalk. Yeah. But I think that, like, maybe it was. You know, we were looking at traditional cooking methods, you know, like burying. Oh, that sounds know. like a badge to me. Yeah. I love skets, but I was shocking at getting badges. So was I. I only got an animal care badge because I looked after the chooks. Mm. I think that's all, all I care. <laughs> I remember going for a sailing badge and falling out of the boat. <laughs> Badge, yeah, it's all participation oh, badges. Have a badge, you turned up. <laughs> what an equal opportunity. Mm, doesn't matter. So these little plums you've got, are they... Um, yeah, they're beautiful, aren't 
Are they... What's the name of them? I don't know what they are. D- Dam- Dams and Plums or something? There's a name for yeah, Little Plums. Um, yeah. Try. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, the chicks from... Because now we're up the road from Food Connect. And they get all that amazing oh. produce. That is really, really nice. Yeah, I know. It's good, isn't it? Mm. Help yourself. A girl just wanted... Kelly. Kelly, you're out there and you ever listen to this. Thank you. Just wandered up with these plums. I really like plums, but they're one of those... Oh, I didn't like them picked from people's trees, I know. You're always disappointing when yeah. you buy them from anywhere else. Yep, they're one of those things that are just can be really, really disappointing. I think they're a little bit like locusts almost. Like, you know locusts, they can't sell locusts because the minute they're picked from the tree, they just start disintegrating so quickly. But if you yep. have a locust straight from the tree, it's amazing. Yeah. But you can't have it anywhere else. You've got to be standing next to the tree. tree. Yep. A little bit like mulberries. A little bit like mulberries. Like, like are sort of a pick and use. Like you yeah. can't really keep them in the fridge for two yeah. days. They'll go mouldy. No. And but I had I, I love getting a peach that's so ripe that you bite into it and it can't help oh. it just dribbles down your chin and dribbles. Oh my god, I have one of those every time. <laughs> I bought a peach to have in the car because I was running around and hadn't eaten anything. <laughs> it was so good. I pulled over, I opened up the door and sat on the curb and just let it <laughs> droop between your legs. <laughs> Oh, this is so good. You can't drive your car while you're driving this bloody peach. Took me by surprise. I was just expecting it to be some, well, you know. I've got a little uh, tropical peach tree. Tropical peach tree? Yeah, so it doesn't need as many chill hours. And you get amazing... They're not much bigger than... Oh, no, they're bigger than those. But they're, they're a lot yeah. smaller than a traditional peach. Yeah, right. But you've got to net them for fruit yeah, fly. Right. And so, like, you sort of bite into it very gently because this might be full of maggots. But um, but the ones that are good, oh, they're just amazing. So sweet, so sweet. And every year I go, I've got to, got to get a fruit fly net for that tree because you just you get quite a few of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, you should. Well, go and just get a bloody um. Yeah, I think you just use like a mosquito net, don't you? Mosquito net, so that's safe. The only problem is it's right in the middle of the view, and I don't know whether Vanessa would like to look at it. Tree covered in a mosquito oh. net for six months. We've got the mulberry tree, and it's sort of in the view. And there's like a, there's like an invisible line, yeah. and anything that grows above the invisible line has to get chopped off. And I was a bit lazy one year. I was like, yeah, I get to that, I get to that. And my parents came down, and Alan goes, oh, is there anything you want me to do, Vanessa? Right, chop that tree. I came home, and it was just like brutally pruned. <laughs> it's like my tree. It's like it was in the road. I couldn't see the valley. It's got to go. Fair enough. That's what you move. Move for the view of the valley. That's true. Got to keep the valley view. Yeah. yeah. It's a very nice view. So I thought I was going to have it. It's my birthday next week, and I thought I was going to have a nice, relaxing weekend. But we uh, ran into a bit of house valuation pr- problems, and one of the things was the kitchen and lounge room floors just old, and it's just got like paint on it. Mm. And we didn't do anything to it because we want to rip the kitchen out and do it again. Here they are. And um, it was like, well, now better do something about it. So I'll be sanding all weekend. But that wouldn't affect your valuation, surely. We just don't know. We've got to, got to do everything we can to try and try and um, you know get get it up a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, shush, dogs. <laughs> um. Yeah, I reckon that would make any difference. Hmm. You wouldn't think so, but it is the another valuation company down there. It is the first thing you sort of walk in and see, so Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. So what do you want to plug this week, Sal? What am I gonna plug this week? Um I'm gonna plug actually I'm gonna plug my online ebooks this week. Ooh. If you haven't got anyone a Christmas present yeah. and you need something last minute, send them an ebook. Ebook. Yeah. At tastetrekkers.com.au Just go to um, dinner party packs. Yeah. I think we've got Moroccan, Spanish, Thai. There's a couple of others there, I can't remember. Just recipes, no anecdotes? No, they're fantastic. They're like, you get the recipe. Yeah. You get your preparation schedule. You get your shopping list. Mm. You get how to decorate your table. You get a music Ooh. download that you can play for the night. It's been made especially by me. Oh, yeah. Just cool music. 
So I just, you know, I've got all really funky lounge music and then I amp it up a bit, you know, the end. Oh, yeah. It's a, real, it's a real package for $14.99. It's a real package. And, you know, you can just buy it online and you just send the link to someone. They get it. It comes in a nice little um, gift voucher thing. So if you're going to give it to someone, get sent to them, says it's from you. I will make sure we put a link in the show notes. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, what are you plugging this week? No, nah, nothing. I'm too busy to plug anything. Just the floor. I am going to put... The second box on top of my bees this week, this oh, weekend. Cool. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe honey in the new year. When's your birthday? Tuesday. How old are you? 36, I think. 37. I think. I remember that. It's a good year. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I like my 30s. Yeah, 30s I'm definitely not one of those guys that worries about getting older. But I have to say, going for a run this week, you don't get fit as quick in your yeah, 30s as you do in your 20s. A bit harder. <laughs> but that's alright. Mm. Nothing's fun without a bit of pain. So. Mm. Alright, Sal. Alright. See you next week. Ciao. We, we, we should wrap up things that we like, like. Like food. That's what? You bugging us. Definitely you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Go away. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheesemaker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. Now, where's the cheese? Get out of bed for eating crackers. How about corned beans, Mr. Haggard? I'd say you've had enough. Um.